0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for The Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Hal Schurz. Welcome back into The Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Excuse me. I'm fighting uh I'm recovering from a uh a bad cold, not COVID. I've tested myself and it's not COVID and that's why I missed my last show. So uh, apologies for that, but um I want to welcome everybody back into the Doctor's Lounge, which is um the uh show where doctors Talk about things that doctors used to talk about in doctors' lounges all across the country. Of course, we cannot talk any more freely because we are censored. We will be uh, accused of being uh, of spreading disinformation, misinformation, and uh, they will try to take away our licenses if we um, uh, dare to speak the truth. Nonetheless, we uh, still speak about truth on this show and talk about the things that people need to know about and understand about healthcare and um, the world around us. Um, The show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which... Is the only physician led healthcare think tank in the country. Um, not that that matters anymore, and I'll, I'll digress about that in a minute. But the, uh, Docs for Patient Care Foundation stands for, uh, patient. Doctor Relationship and Healthcare Freedom for All Americans. And we, uh, I put out a challenge um, a few weeks ago for our 58,000 downloaders to go to the website www.d4pcfoundation.org and just give a dollar. The $1 challenge, while you're at it, why don't you give $1 and become a sponsor of America's Web Radio at the same time so that you can continue to support what you're listening to right now. These are important uh, efforts so that uh, the truth can get out there and you can learn what you're not hearing about in mainstream media, which is a disgrace today. Um, on either print or, or um, in broadcast media. We will um, not shy away from talking about the uncomfortable issues that we are facing today and try to inform you so that you can take action. Um, so please go to www.d4pcfoundation.org and uh, contribute just a dollar. More would be great, but um, a $1 challenge, that's all that I'm asking all the downloaders to do. You know, I said earlier that the, uh, you know, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. Um, not that that matters, and, and I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but, you know, I know in. Uh, the the recent uh, events that are going on around us in healthcare, it's becoming increasingly clear to me that it doesn't matter whether or not you are a doctor in healthcare in this society, um, because doctors have far far less say, far less control over what's going on. We are. Interviewing people for my medical practice, and it's it's really interesting because when we um, try to recruit doctors to our practice, which is a privately held um, uh, physician-owned partnership, I explain to the young doctors that they've got four choices about who they will work for who they will work with. Three of them, in my opinion, are bad choices. You can either leave your residency and become an employed physician at a hospital, a private hospital, that uh, employs doctors. You can uh, decide to go into academic medicine and join a university system which also employs hospitals, I'm sorry, employs doctors, you can join a private group that has already sold the practice. And um, by selling the practice, what I mean is they have uh, taken money from uh, private equity groups. And those of you who do not know what a private equity group is, they are... They are um, uh, investment groups that uh, that roll up practices, bring them together, try to um, increase their value for the sole purpose of being able to flip that business to another private equity group, or a hospital, or an insurance company, and make money on selling that book of business. Or your last choice would be to take a job with a medical practice that owns the practice themselves. They run the practice. They make the decisions about what will be happening. And that way, you do not have a boss. You control your own destiny. You control um how you want to build your practice and in the other three models that I've explained you have somebody answerable that you're answerable to that is telling you that you're not seeing enough patients every hour that you're doing too many of an expensive procedure that you are wasting resources doing something that is not earning money for the group that owns that um, group of doctors. And that's not good for the um, physicians and has resulted in physician burnout and that's why doctors are leaving Medicine because they just don't want to subject themselves to that kind of oversight, that kind of control, that kind of um, of uh, um, I guess uh, um, micromanagement. Um, it's bad for patients because when you have doctors that are making decisions that are based on financial decisions that are driven by business people, instead of the right medical decisions, which is what most doctors um, go into healthcare to do, then you've got a conflict where the doctors are no longer working for the patients, they are working for their bosses, and so... This is where we are at right now, and and um, and my med- my group, my the group that that I am the managing partner of, will uh, not sell our group to a private equity firm. We will not go to a hospital. Um, we um, feel that it's in the best interest of our patients. In order. Uh, to give them the best health care for us to be in control of all decision making but that's becoming increasingly difficult and um, and I worry i I lose. I really do lose sleep over this because as the managing partner of my group um, and it's a, a large group I um, I We have over 50 doctors in my group, it's a single specialty group. We have um, what's called um, APPs, which are um, physician extenders, nurse practitioners, or physician's assistants. Um, Over 450 employees. So people are dependent on what decisions that I and some of my partners make on a regular basis. But it's becoming more and more difficult because of insurance companies, because of government regulation, because of all of the red tape that gets between the uh, doctors, the job that we want to do, and the patients that we care for. And um I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm you know, I'm I'm an upbeat person, but it's becoming more and more apparent that if we do not see some significant changes in the ability of doctors to deliver healthcare directly to their patients without all of the red tape, without all of the middlemen, without all of the special interest groups sucking money out of the system, we're going to wind up with um, a single-payer healthcare system where everybody loses. And um, and that's really what I want to talk to you about today. Um, It's about what is happening um, when you're not paying attention, because if you don't, um, if you're not paying attention, don't look now, but the left is trying to take away your health care, And um, it's happening right in front of our very eyes, wi- eyes wide open, Blatantly, flagrantly, this is um, a march towards single payer health care. Now why is that happening? So let's let's just you know be very honest. You know, the the um, the progressives, which is a euphemism for the left or the Marxists Are controlling the Democrat Party right now. In 2008, that was um, the year that Obama won the presidency, there was a major, major push towards more government control over health care. And the more government is involved in health care, the less say people have. Over the kind of care that they receive. Remember, if you um, like your doctor, you can keep them. If you like your insurance, you can keep them. We all, you know, look at at what was said back then, and we know what blatant lies that they were. You know, you just tell people what they want to hear, and in the meantime. Go about what you're trying to do. And the left has taken over the Democrat Party. The agenda of the left is to control health care. And they've moved towards that little by little. In two thousand and eight it was a it was a giant lurch towards that. 2016 was a little bit of a reset, although we couldn't get a repeal on Obamacare, thanks to Senator John McCain's ineptness and vendetta against Trump. But there were enough executive orders that were signed that enabled some glimmer of hope that we would be able to enable the uh, patients in America to d- make decisions about what kind of health care that they wanted to receive. When Biden became president, just like on day one, he shut down the, the oil industry. And on day two, he opened up the border Well, on day three, he pretty much threw out all the healthcare um, uh, improvements that were made during the Trump administration, and has dragged America back towards uh, the government having more and more control over healthcare. So, before I get into the weeds, If you can't remember anything about what I'm saying today, as sure as you're listening to this, the left wants to control healthcare. They'll tell you anything that they want you to believe to get to that point. If you want your doctor, you can keep them. They're gonna tell you how good it is for the um, patients who don't have coverage to get coverage, for the patients who can't afford it to have affordable health care, for the um, for the uh, people who can't afford drugs to be able to get affordable drugs, they are telling you things that you're going to, on the surface, say, "Oh yes, of course, that makes sense." I'm full I'm 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 all into that. I'm I'm on board. I'm sign me up. I'm on your train. They are lying to you. And if you buy into their agenda, into their lies, you are going to be giving up your ability to make decisions about your health care. The government will make those decisions for you. Um right now the the left is um, is dragging America down. I don't think that there's any person in this country who would deny that violence is on the rise, who would deny that we have diminished stature in in the world much the responsibility of current leadership who has really weakened our position around the world um, on a political stage no one could deny that um, the way that COVID has been handled has been just completely um, inept um, now attributing blame, attributing um, you know any kind of culpability, that's where many people in this country can't get past that and can't make that jump into saying that they were wrong because nobody likes to admit that they were wrong. In healthcare, this is happening because nobody is paying attention. The um, reason why nobody is paying attention is because so much is going bad right now that healthcare, which in 2008, 2010, 12, um, 14, 16, was the top issue in state elections, in national elections. If it wasn't the number one or number two issue, it was really quite high up there. Today, you know, it's not all that high up on people's list because there is so much going on that's wrong. It's like a whack-a-mole. You know, one thing happens and then something else pops up, and you hit that mole on the head, and another thing pops up. And healthcare, which affects every single American, which is uh, a pocketbook issue for everybody, is not the front line. Item on people's lists, not when gas is over five dollars a gallon in some parts of the country, not when inflation is at a record um, price, um, not when the um, the wh- what they call the uh the yield curve is in, is inverted, and it they're saying now that for the first time in uh, thirty years we are now um, in, a bull, in a in i 'm sorry in a bear market um, when people don 't know where to invest their money where it's going to not deteriorate because of inflation and decreasing yields people aren 't thinking about health care today except when they need it, except when the bill comes in, except when they have to pay for it. But nonetheless, it is a big item that just nobody's paying attention to. Well, on Tuesday, B.O., that would be Barack Obama, was back in the White House. And why was he brought in there? Well, to pump up Joe Biden's sagging approval ratings, which have dropped below 40%, and to celebrate the 12th anniversary of Obama's signature legislation, the Affordable Care Act. And by the way, I don't know if anybody watched some of those videos, but it was really embarrassing. Everybody in the room was just crowding around Obama, um, like he was a rock star, and you saw Joe Biden sort of off to the side, kind of spinning around in circles and looking for somebody to talk to, and he really, it was sad. I, I really felt bad for him. He looked like somebody who was, had had advanced dementia, and he didn't know what to do or how to act he was looking for a place for himself and it really made it so clear that biden is so unimportant and nobody really is paying attention to him not in that forum and not anywhere and uh, you know it really begs the question who is Running the White House, who is running the country? And um, you know, and I think that I have said this for a very, very long time, almost from the beginning of Biden's administration, that I believe that it's Obama who's pulling the strings, and it's all Obama's people who are in the White House and um, and speaking on behalf of Biden or advising him about what to say, and that. Charade in the White House on Tuesday was further evidence of how unimportant Biden is and how um, Obama is still held in the highest regard by the White House uh, elite well at this at this um, uh, ceremony to celebrate the twelfth anniversary of Obamacare, um, Joe was there to propose a, quote, tweak of the Affordable Care Act. Now, this shift, this tweak, would fix what is known as the, quote, family glitch, end quote, which is a loophole that has kept more than 5 million people from accessing subsidized health plans in the Affordable Care Act marketplaces, and the left is so giddy about this, and they are just fawning over this, they're touting it as one of the biggest things that the Biden administration can do on its own to expand coverage, and and that's the key issue right here, of course, what the Biden administration can do on its own, because there is no support in Congress to uh, to strengthen Obamacare. But Biden can do this without Congress. And all of his other overreaching policies on health care right now are stalled in Congress. So how will they do this? Well, the Treasury Department will propose the new rule, the, the uh, fix of the family glitch, and it's expected to go into effect in 2023 and the timing the timing is important for Democrats because they're looking for a win they're looking to divert their attention from all of the disasters that they are responsible for over the last 16 months remember If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance. They lie to you, they tell you things you wanna hear and they're going to tell you the same group of lies over this fix in the family glitch. They will falsely mislead Americans into believing how good this fix is going to be to lower health care costs and cover more people. Now, health care was important in all the previous elections, but maybe not so much this time. So what is the family glitch? Well, it has to do with who can buy a subsidized plan on the Affordable Care Act in their marketplaces. Most people can only do so if they do not have access to a health plan through their employer. The law does not allow people to buy these plans through the Affordable Care Act marketplace if the premiums through their job's health care plan would be less than 10% of their household income. So if it exceeds 10% of their household income, they can go ahead and access the marketplace. So what does this mean? Well, it means that the people who currently are employed, who have um, a health plan that their employer provides for them will be under ten percent of their household income if they if they um take advantage of of the uh, plan that they can access. but if they want the family plan, it will cost them a lot more money. it will exceed ten percent of their income and in that situation, currently, they could not access the plans on the Affordable Care Act. Now, this fix in the family glitch will allow that to happen. What does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, that more people will drop out of employer-based health care. It means that the government will compete with employers and private plans. It means that private insurance will be further weakened with less people in it, and the less people in it means that the costs go up for the remainder of the people who are still in those plans. When those costs become so great that people can't afford it, or when the government lowers the costs so much that the decision becomes um, a no-brainer for people to leave their expensive insurance, that's when we see the collapse of the private health care market and a march towards government-controlled health care. And that's what this is all about. When the Obama administration wrote these rules implementing the ACA, they calculated eligibility for the subsidized plans based on premiums for an individual policy, not one that includes the spouse or children. And the um all of the calculations by the CBO was based on on a certain number of people being um, retained in private insurance and and a, a certain amount in the government plan and now, what they 're trying to do is shift five million more people into the Obamacare marketplaces, according to the Kaiser Foundation, which means 5 million people will leave employer-based insurance plans. And um, this, is, this is the um, beginning of a march towards socialized health care. I'm going to explain a little bit more about what the government is doing um, behind your back in front of your very faces when I return in the next half of the show. So please stay with us. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer... Please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs the number 4 patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. We're back in the doctor's lounge, and we are talking today about what the Biden administration is doing to further limit your health care And steal it away from you right in front of your very eyes, right under your noses, without you even knowing about it, without you paying attention. Because they can do it, and this is what happens, when you allow the progressives, the left, to run the show. Obama took a victory lap when he was in the White House on Tuesday, stating that the Affordable Care Act shows that if you are driven by the core idea that together we can improve the lives of this generation and the next, and if you're persistent, if you stay with it, you're willing to work through the obstacles and the criticisms and continually improve where you fall short, you can make America better." This is this is what they are selling to you, and if you buy this stuff, shame on you. This is why you've got to look at what their track record is and why you can't believe what they say because they are all lies that are intended to get us where they want to go, not where you want to go. Biden also signed an executive order on Tuesday that piggybacks on a 2021 order directing federal agencies to take actions to strengthen the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid. And this order directs agencies to, quote, continue doing everything in their power to expand affordable, quality health care, end quote. I don't know what the heck that means. But that's 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 the kind of stuff that's coming out of this White House. Now, Democrats still hope to expand coverage in the Affordable Care Act through the Build Back Better Act, which would expand um, sur- subsidies for um, the Affordable Care Act plans and make free or cheap market plan, marketplace plans available for low-income Americans in states that have not expanded Medicaid. Um, This legislation would also lower prescription drug prices by allowing Medicare to negotiate with drug companies. I'll get into that in a bit. But the take-home message here is that these plans on the Obamacare exchanges would be completely unaffordable if the government was not subsidizing the premiums that people are paying. If you did not receive a subsidy from the government and wanted to access an Obamacare plan on the exchanges for the average exchange plan for a family of four for the premiums plus the deductible it would run about $25,000 a year. That ain't cheap, folks. And this is not affordable health care. This is smoke and mirrors. If the government is subsidizing it, if you as a taxpayer are subsidizing these plans and allowing people to get their insurance through a plan on the exchange and the um the government is p- picking up the tab and paying it to insurance companies. This is not the direction that we want to see health care go because once again, this is the march towards complete government control over health care Last year, the Biden administration as part of the uh, American Rescue Plan, expanded the subsidies in the um, ACA and they increased the eligibility and the enrollment with the numbers reaching a record high of 14.5 million last year, which is still far less than the CBO predicted at the passage of Obamacare, at this point, the um, the CBO predicted that over 25 million people would be in Obamacare. Up until this expansion, the the uh, plans were averaging about 10 million people in the exchanges a year, and um, and these exchanges are a disaster. Um, They have narrow networks. They have limited um, benefits. I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, But the subsidies from the American Rescue Plan expire later this year. So there's concerns among Democrats about what strategy to take regarding health care because of the expiring um, subsidies, which is why they had this big dog and pony show at the White House on Tuesday to um, give back something in health care and they'll be able to run on this. Let's take a hard look at Obamacare, if you will. Why is there record enrollment? Well, higher government subsidies, just like I, I said, and unchecked massive improper Medicaid payments on behalf of ineligible people. Who are these ineligible people? Many of them are the over two million illegal aliens who've already crossed our border and will be the uh, 200,000 people coming across the border every month when the uh, the healthcare um, regulations are set to expire in the next month, according to the Biden administration. The law has failed to fulfill its promises that people could keep their doctor, could keep their insurance plan. So what else has happened after Obamacare passed? Well, American healthcare has worsened. The individual market plans have become less attractive unless you are fully subsidized, and Obamacare's entire net coverage gains have been made in, in exclusively through the Medicaid welfare system and to many ineligible people that you, the taxpayer, are picking up the tab on. Now the left wants to take away the good provisions in health care that were put in place by the Trump administration, like short-term insurance plans. The left likes to call this, quote, junk plans. And the left is great at language that I've always uh, tried to um, uh, get across to you when we do this show. They are are masterful at using language to their benefit. Um The American health has declined since the passage of Obamacare. Um, Most of the Obamacare regulatory and spending provisions took effect in 2014. So from 2014 to 2019, the federal government spent more than $600 billion on Obamacare, and yet health care has worsened. Life expectancy, lower in 2019 than in 2013. Premiums and deductibles have increased. Networks narrowed. You can see fewer doctors. And um, enrollment has plunged, except for um, if you were fully subsidized or you were a Medicaid recipient. Um, The... uh, Exchange enrollment um, is 60% lower than the CBO predicted in May of 2013. Premiums have soared. They've gone from $242 a month to $589 a month, which is a 143% increase between 2013 and 2019. And s- deductibles have skyrocketed. That's hardly making health care more affordable or bringing more people into health care. Fewer insurers are offering coverage on the exchanges. And the reason is because the Obamacare mandates require so much um, benefits, so many unnecessary benefits, like, um, like maternity benefits for men, although In today's climate, with transgenderism, maybe a man should be getting maternity benefits. Who the heck knows? But the costs of all of these very rich plans would be prohibitive um, for everything that insurance companies have to cover at the costs that people can afford. So the Obamacare network plans have narrower networks, Fewer benefits, and these networks exclude the best doctors and the best hospitals. For example, in Texas, not one single Obamacare plan includes the foremost cancer center in Texas, let alone in America. MD Anderson Medical Center, one of the one of the most um, highly acclaimed, one of the most successful cancer centers in the world is not a center that a single Obamacare plan in Texas will allow patients to go and get care. That's what I'm talking about when I say that you cannot trust what these people are saying when they want to Um, offer you better care, better benefits, because it's a lie. It's all smoke and mirrors. You know, despite adding more than $50 billion annually to Obamacare subsidies, individual market enrollment is just a few million greater than it was prior to this. Um, And Medicaid expansion is the only reason why enrollment has increased and sadly there's so much fraud in the medicaid system improper payments ineligible recipients like to illegal aliens that this is the costs are are just soaring they're escalating at a rate that that is uncontrollable right now There is more than $100 billion of improper federal Medicaid payments made. This is a system that's out of control because the government runs it. And anytime you have the government running anything, it is more apt for fraud, for abuse, and for mismanagement. Now there are ways to actually make Obamacare work. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a heretic. I'm going to say something that many of my conservative colleagues would cringe at. But the left is so determined to take over all of health care that they don't want to even consider ways to improve people's lives. Because you can you can use some Obamacare Um, uh, features and couple it with reasonable marketplace reforms, many of which were put in place by the Trump administration and actually make a difference. But the left is not interested in doing that because it would give people the ability to make choices and they are not about allowing people to choose. They are about telling people what they need, what the government wants to tell people what they want and what they are willing to to receive there are those short term health plans, the junk plans which the Obama administration termed them um, the health care plans that were the short term plans historically were good for three hundred and sixty four days, which meant that if you lost your insurance, you can find a health plan that would uh, cover you for major medical for a, about a year. Well, Obama put an end to that and he just um, allowed those short-term plans to exist for three months. When Trump became president, he said, this is crazy. Why do we want to do that? Why? You know, we're not going to force people into these exchanges that don't work and we're not gonna leave people without the ability to have major medical coverage, so let's reinstate them, and let's let them go ahead and and renew them for up to three years <coughs> until they can get proper, you know, more extensive health care coverage or find ways to augment their uh, major medical plans the uh, excuse me i'm still lingering with the effects of what kept me out from my last show so the cbo projected that this enhanced coverage would decrease the number of uninsured by 700,000 but biden when he came into into the white house put an end to these junk plans once again and demonstrated the disrespect that the biden administration that the left has for people to choose their own way to cover themselves and their families. And to further demonstrate the absolute disdain that the left has towards the Americans who want to make their own healthcare choices, the Biden administration has put a moratorium on individual coverage health reimbursement arrangements or ICHRAs, and this was a rule that took effect at the, toward the end of the Trump administration which allowed employers to reimburse their employees for individual market coverage and what it did was it equalized some of the tax advantages um you know only employers were able to enjoy the tax advantages of covering employer employees and so what this did was it allowed employers to reimburse employees with pre-tax dollars and let, the, um, let uh, em- employees um, take tax advantage of, of these benefits. But the left is really not interested in seeking real solutions. They want to control all of health care with a heavy hand and tell people what they'll be able to get and not give them any choices. And that's where we're heading um, in, um, in the... Uh, uh, future, if we don't do what's necessary to make a, 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 a an abrupt about face in who we put into office because we're marching in that direction and there aren't a lot of people who are interested in dragging us back to allowing Americans to make their own health care choices. And I want to just finish up by um, turning attention to what has just passed in the house. Um, It's called the Affordable Insulin Act, and it would cap the cost of insulin to $35 a month. This sounds so good, it sounds so compassionate. You know, there's so many diabetics in this country who are spending a lot of money on their insulin and it is a choice many times whether or not they're going to get their insulin or feed their family or get their insulin and pay the rent. And so this act would cap the cost of insulin at $35 a month, very compassionate. And why would anybody say no to this? Well, again, here is the left doing what they do best, manipulating language, distorting facts, so that if you said no to this, you are an ogre. They might as well just call this the the um, the kill puppies and babies law. Because if you voted no against this and you want to kill puppies and babies, then you are an absolute monster. Well, this is a Democrat bill. It was not proposed in a bipartisan fashion. But it's gotten this far because of the optics involved in denying cheap insulin to diabetics. And um, this is... A, a Trojan horse. It is a smokescreen. On the surface, it sounds just wonderful, but I have so many concerns and so many questions regarding what is involved in all of this. First of all, just like any other law that we see coming out of Washington, there are parts to this bill that nobody's talking about. Not only does this law cap the cost of insulin prices, that's just a small part of what is happening. It's a much, much bigger issue. It's broadening the prescription drug package in Biden's social and climate legislation. Now, I am no fan of the pharmaceutical industry, of big pharma, I think that there are just tremendous flaws in what is happening in our country vis-a-vis the uh, prescription drug pricing. But it's not one-sided. There are is a flip side to this coin. The advances in healthcare that we see in this country are in large part due to the miracles that have come about because of advances in medicines. And that's because we have pharmaceutical companies that are businesses that are out to help people but also turn a profit. Now, how much profit should we allow them to make now that 's the argument that you hear out of Washington and um, one of the one of the uh, stipulations is that they should not be raising drug prices greater than the inflation rate. Well, tell that to the shareholders who who are investing in these companies and allowing these companies to make the investments in drugs so that we can all live better lives. And yes, I'm conflicted. I don't want to pay higher drug prices, but I don't think that it is entirely falling on the shoulders of the drug companies. I think that the, we've missed the, the, um, the real uh, villain in this whole escapade, which are the middlemen who are skimming off hundreds of billions of dollars from the pharmaceutical industry, the the pharmacy benefit um, uh, management companies, the PBMs, which are allowed to jack up prices and cause the cost of insulin to be $2,000 a month. Many of these pharmaceutical companies will pass along rebates to, to, uh, to patients who are getting the drugs. But in so many instances, the, the patients don't see these rebates. And that's because the pharmacy benefit management companies, the PBMs, are keeping them for themselves. So the first thing that needs to happen is to reform this system. Not to villainize the pharmaceutical companies that we want to have out there to continue to innovate and make life saving drugs for us, what we don 't need are the blood suckers in the middle who provide absolutely no social benefit to this country who are just raking it in and making a killing and responsible in large part for these costs escalating. If the government puts a cap on what pharmacy companies can charge by allowing Medicare to negotiate healthcare prices, pharmaceutical companies are just going to say, I'm done. You know what? It's not worth it for us to go out on a limb and try to find that cure for cancer, to find that cure for Alzheimer's, to find that cure for other debilitating diseases that can be treated with proper medication that have resulted in improvement in lives for tens of millions of Americans in this country. If that's what you want to see happen, then let the government go down this road. Let them control the pharmaceutical industry. Because if that happens, if that comes to pass, sure as I'm talking to you now, that is what's going to happen. You do not see innovation in any other countries. You see them here in this country coming out of research labs in America, because this is an environment where you can have a pharmaceutical industry that's responsive to the needs of patients, but also able to turn a profit and work in in conjunction with both of those goals. But to villainize the pharmaceutical industry and say that the way to control the costs is to rein in the pharmaceutical companies is misguided and it's a lie. You need to look elsewhere where the real problems are. This bill, this um, Affordable Insulin Act, would authorize Medicare to negotiate the prices for an entire range of drugs, not just insulin, but just like the Florida law where it has been demagogued, the one that says, don't say gay, which is really not a gay law at all. It's a don't teach your six-year-old about transgenderism. That's what that law really is. And, but it's been demagogued and turned into something that it's not by the corrupt media, and the the um, Marxist left? Well, so too, this law is being dumbed down by the same group of people into the affordable insulin bill. Don't be fooled. Don't be misguided. This bill would penalize drug makers who raise prices faster than inflation. It would overhaul the Medicare Prescription Drug Benefit Plan and limit out-of-pocket costs for enrollees, theoretically, when in fact, what it really will do, it will limit the amount of drugs that are available to Medicare recipients. If you're a Medicare recipient, you should be shaking in your boots right now about what the Biden administration is trying to do to your drug plans, to your Medicare plan. They're trying to overhaul the entire system, and Medicare will not resemble what it is right now if they get their way. The um, Democrats are getting a, a campaign issue out of this. Don't be fooled. You need to be smart. You need to open your eyes and pay attention to the man behind the curtain and what's going on. This is a Trojan horse. I'll be back in two weeks Talk more about healthcare issues with you. Thank you for being with us, and uh, be well. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.